I've gotten so good at clapping in a way that my hands are not touching for more than a 60th of a second. This is very important for synchronizing audio and video. I want to give myself some applause. I let it linger. Do you have to let it linger? I do. I have to. I have to. I have to let it linger. You have to? <laughs> All right. So when that song was new and I was young, uh, I made the joke that, that clearly the song is about a fart. No, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good jokes. Let it linger. Are you talking about the Big Red commercial jingle? Let it linger a little longer, longer with Big Red. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's clearly the reference. Oh! Yeah. Let that stinker linger for longer. This is episode 240 of Insert Credit, a mm -hmm. video game talk show featuring a panel of experts required by law to answer whatever questions I pose to them within the time allotted or suffer the indignity of a horrible buzzer. Mm -hmm. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my first role-playing game was Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan Setsu for the Super Famicom. Interesting. I think we can, we can all relate to that. My name is Frank Sfaldi. My first role-playing game was Fantasy Star 4, or whatever they call it here. I think it's Fantasy Star, the end of the millennium. It's Fantasy it's Star 4, the end of the millennium, yeah. Oh, the title screen doesn't have a 4 on it, though. Yeah, but the box does. Oh, it does. You're right. Uh, the reason mm -hmm. I know that the title screen doesn't have it is uh, I'm literally playing this game right now. Not right now, right now, but uh, like when I go home tonight and also last night. So that is my current game. So Game's so. a heck of a barn burner of a game, I would say. It's a great one. It's one of those games where it's like, okay, do I only like this because it was my first or is this actually good? It's like, no, this is actually a pretty hot game. I like it. Yeah, it's... um. I'm going to go ahead and say it's the only good main Fantasy Star game. Just putting that oh, out there. Oh, for sure. Just, uh, oh, yeah. absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. I deal with it, Fantasy Star fans. Everybody come on, <laughs> show up. Come get, come and get me. Fantasy Star Online, beautiful. Uh, wonderful. Uh, it's a, so nice. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a like of this. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers, and my first role-playing game was Dragon Quest by Yuji Hodi uh, with character designs by Akira Toriyama and uh, music by uh, a war crime denier. Uh, for the Nintendo Famicom family computer system. Uh, however, I played it in the version known as Dragon Warrior for the Nintendo Entertainment System, which had a cover art not by Akira Toriyama and music by the same war crime denier and localization by a guy who worked at Medieval Times. So, uh, thank you. And I'm Brandon Sheffield, and my first role-playing game was oh, almost stop it. certainly Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Treasure of Tarman on the 2600. Uh, it's not my fault that that was my first one. It's just I thought you were going to say Katamari Damashi oh, or no. something like really stupid. Role-playing something, yeah. something really, really bad. I wasn't going to make a joke. That Treasure of Tarman, it was okay. I mean, I, but it was only my first RPG because uh, my dad found a, a 2600 and like 30 cartridges at the thrift store for like ten dollars uh because nobody wanted them because it was 1990 i don't know eight nine something like that i'm just gonna be a hundred percent real with you that game's so bad that it doesn't count so the game's uh... okay <laughs> but it's old it's real old it is what it is that's what that's the true answer so, so we the, the weakest it. sentence in the english language it is what it is it a is round of applause ladies and gentlemen for that <laughs> one. 
That's, uh, Joining us this week for a very RPG-centric episode is Final Fantasy and JRPG Twitch and YouTube streamer and impeccable Tifa cosplayer, <laughs> the Night Sky Prince. Yes! <laughs> You've seen that, huh? <laughs> of course! How could oh, I not? Awesome. Uh, I'm Ryan, also known as the Night Sky Prince, and my first uh, RPG was Pokemon Blue. Mm. Good one. It was around the time... Too, that I actually started playing FF7 and Quest 64, and I'm surprised I didn't quit RPGs after Quest 64 because Quest 64 is all right. No, it's it's bad, but, but I liked Quest 64. I didn't know better at the time. <laughs> it it was bad, but like at the same time, I got I got like this sick enjoyment out of it. Go back yeah. to it now. If you ever get a chance and you ever want to have a trip down memory lane, go back to Quest 64 and. Now that you have uh, have have philosophically uh, digested dozens, if not hundreds, of other RPGs, mm. just go take a look at it and try to see the good in it. Yeah, and you will understand that perhaps it was a more positive influence on your ancient RPG history than you might. Think. I love it, but I don't want to revisit it. No, you can. <laughs> you can do do it do it in an emulator. I feel like if I do, and you can speed stuff up. It's got something to it. That's all. <laughs> And I just want to say that it was guys like me who played Dragon Warrior on the NES. Uh, you have me to thank for Pokemon being released at all uh, on <laughs> the Game you, Boy. It was weirdos like me who played all the Dragon Warriors uh, that made Nintendo, that entered Nintendo's market research. And they're like, all right, we'll, we'll give this weird game a shot for the kids of America. You're a true patriot. So I'm, I'm the true, uh, I took the bullet. I played it not just before it was cool. I played it when it was not cool. <laughs> so I played Dragon Warrior and then they turned it into something cool. So we've gone over the rules with Ryan before the show. But one thing I neglected to mention was that every one of these episodes has a winner because I keep a meticulous score of who's doing the best in each episode. And whoever wins gets the honor and privilege of the inaugural topic for the next episode our last winner was brandon sheffield hopefully he remembered to write something what do you have for us i uh i didn't but then i looked at my phone where i have two documents that say insert credit question nice <laughs> and uh, and one of them i'm not even sure what i meant by this but let's find out what is the play it again sam of video games oh i know what i mean by it so play it again, Sam, is a famous line that is not in mm -hmm. Casablanca, but everyone thinks that it mm -hmm. is. What is the that of video games? I mean, not okay, so not only is play it again, Sam, uh, a line that is not in Casablanca, it is arguably the most famous line from Casablanca. Now, when you're yeah. talking ab when you're talking about Casablanca, right, when you're specifically having a conversation about the film Casablanca, you might quote other dialogues from the movie you might quote other lines but outside divorced removed from any conversation about the movie casablanca you will hear the phrase play it again sam used yeah. for uh, uh various effects right so it's not only a famous line and the most famous line and a line that's not in the movie it's a line that has been somehow morphed and evolved and mutated outside of the movie. Yeah, it has cultural significance outside of the movie and is is like a it, it became some sort of an archetype for something even though it doesn't exist. I would just say it's Pac-Man and I know this sounds like a, a dismissal, but um I I me uh, Alex Jaffe aided me in uh, uh compiling a an exhaustive history of every reference to Oh yeah. Pac-Man in mainstream <laughs> media. The 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 hackneyed phrase 
Video games have come a long way since Pac-Man gets quoted all the time um, in the mainstream press, most recently by none other than Norman Reedus, who said uh, that the new Death Stranding, like Hideo Kojima's games, you know, it's not just all Pac-Man anymore. He said in an interview, uh, apropos of The Walking Dead, the interviewer asked how his experience was working on video games, and he dared to say of literally Death Stranding, arguably the most... uh, labyrinthine and bizarre video game yet concocted by those uh, those game designers wily game mavens worldwide uh, arguably the weirdest game he he literally uh brushed off describing death stranding with uh just by just saying the oh, video games aren't just pac-man anymore right and it's like wow that's all you have to say about death stranding that video games aren't just pac-man anymore in other words what what does the mainstream actually think Pac-Man is? But Pac-Man does exist, so it I does. feel like that's the... But does it exist on such a a, a Mona Lisa level that uh, we have to keep invoking it as the stand-in for video games? They also threw a Pong in there. Yeah, well, I... I'm, well no, no, no. We, we did the research, Brandon. Uh, here, your, here your ignorance of what I do for a living is a... Is uh, on full blast. Uh, 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 it's uh, we did the re- Pac-Man is definitely by an enormous uh, margin the one that is brought up the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's definitely Pac-Man. Why not Super Mario Brothers? Is what I'm saying, right? Do people in the mainstream assume that Pac-Man is like on the level of Super Mario Brothers in terms of complexity? That's what I'm saying. Well, well also, uh, video games may not have come a long way since Super Mario Brothers. It could be argued. Oh, that's. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. that's. Uh, I mean, I I, I oh. argued it. I argued for about three hours that video games have not come anywhere since Pac-Man is what my <laughs> Pac-Man review is about. Uh, don't watch it if you're listening to this show, though. Uh, if I, I could take a slightly different approach, I think maybe the play against Sam of video games is the idea that blowing into cartridges makes them work better. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. It's just. This very universal idea when it comes to video games that has no mm. bearing on reality at all. And it is also uh, very frequently referenced in popular culture. Um, exactly. To, as like a wink, wink, nod, nod, we see you kind of thing. Right. I thought the explanation was that on the NES specifically, the, it, it, the, the spring mechanism makes contact difficult and the condensation from your breath actually bridges the connection. Yeah, but is that true? Mm, could be. Uh, that is my understanding of why it seems to work, but uh, it might just be a, a, a wild theory. Anyway, I mean, uh, I'm thinking about how the, that's a line from the movie, and, and, but it's mm-hmm. not, right? And it's I mean, the, the literal one that comes to mind for me is how we all think Mario said uh, – Bush did 9-11 in Mario 64, and I don't think he's <laughs> yeah. actually in that game. Oh, yeah, yeah he, right. he never did. You no, know, me and Alex Jappy, we looked on Wikipedia, and it <laughs> says that he doesn't say it, but everyone <laughs> continues to say he does. All right, it's weird. You know what he actually says? I actually have it on my soundboard here. Hold on. Uh, hang on a second. He says... There you go. Uh, that's what he says. It doesn't sound anything like it. Yeah, that's. I don't know how people yeah. get Bush did 9-11 from that. They slow it down. They're, they're slowing it down and reversing it. So. Yeah, like that. Oh, wow, that actually does sound like it. <laughs> Prince, what do you think? Did did Bush do 9-11? Or... <laughs> yeah, that's my question. Did Bush do 9-11? Uh, wow, I'm getting put on yeah, the spot he? with it, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and have to say, uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Thank you. When, when you look at the number of YouTube search results that uh, that fall on the side, yes versus no, it seems like the answer is a clear yes. Yeah. 
everyone everyone has general consensus. Yeah, he's Absolutely. a he's a lizard person and he did 9/11, yeah, right? He's a lizard. That what it is. He's he's the same species as like Mark Zuckerberg. They're all the same. Is that glorious reptilians thing is that still a thing? People still talk about yeah, that. Man. They all live in like they all live right. in like the core of the planet, the lizard man. Where it's still yeah. warm. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's it's pretty warm on the surface of the planet these days. Yeah, it's uh, it's that's it's where it's getting, headed. It's getting warmer out there. I had getting, to go to the dirt, the dermatologist's office this morning, and they specifically said don't wear sunscreen. Uh, huh. So I ended up wearing a jacket. Oof. Um, right, because I didn't want to get sunburn. They said don't wear sunscreen on your arms and legs. The face is okay, so I had to wear. I wore a jacket, and uh, you know it was real hot out there in the jacket. That's that's that story doesn't go anywhere. Where's the sound effect of Mario burning himself in lava and going, ha, 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 because that, that should go here, right? Oh, yeah, he actually true. just says, oh, oh. Right. he just says that. Here's our next topic. What would make Final Fantasy 16 not just the best game in the series, but a game that even Frank and Brandon would want to play immediately? Shoot! <laughs> well, I know the answer to this question. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I played through 15, my friend. Yeah. But did you play it when it came out? Like right then? Yes. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm going to admit, I played Final Fantasy 1 when it, right when it came out, and I didn't play Final Fantasy 15 until it had been out for like four years. I have platinumed one video game on the PlayStation and it's Final Fantasy 15. console, and it's Final Fantasy 15. So what, what would get me to play Final Fantasy 16 right when it comes out is for it to be Final Fantasy 15 2, and it's starring all Uh-oh. the lady characters this time, and you're just going oh, around no. doing dumb quests and a bunch of nonsense, and there's no no main story. Yeah. So you're saying Final Fantasy X, too, is yeah. what you're saying the Final Fantasy <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Night, Night Sky Prince, I'm going to apologize for a moment on, on the behalf of my colleague, Brandon no, Sheffield, who was, who was going to tell you that Final Fantasy XV is his favorite Final Fantasy, oh, because my. since playing Final Fantasy XV, he loves to tell anyone who is having any conversation tangentially related to the video game series Final Fantasy as created by Hironobu Sakaguchi. I mean, th- th- this is not uh, tangential. This is directly related, would you not well, no, say? No, I'm saying tangential. It, you, you'll come in with a tangential reason. So so you now have a full blast reason to uh, talk about why Final Fantasy 15 is your favorite Final Fantasy. And I don't doubt him. Uh, I don't doubt that Final Fantasy 15 is Brandon Sheffield's favorite Final Fantasy. But I know that he, like me, for, spent a long period of his life, just as I did. I'm, I'm lumping myself in this category as well. Spent a long period of his life never, never deigning to engage in good faith with anything unless he felt like he could pawn it off as his having discovered it, right? We, we've been through that phase. We've been through that phase. Sure. Brandon was in that phase during basically the glory years of Final Fantasy. So during Final Fantasies 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever, you, you, were, you were a guy who played Sega or whatever. And, uh, I played Final Fantasy 7 at the time. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. Did you post about it on the internet, though? I did Probably not. Probably not. I did not. I posted about it, bro. I was posting. I was, God, I was posting. Wait, where are you posting oh on, like, God. Game Facts? <laughs> anyway. The answer is more Hangout stuff. Anyway, so, okay, so, 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 I know uh, Night Sky Prince knows everything, knows everything about, uh, about Final Fantasy 16. Mm. Uh, right, you, you, I, I, I know, I know a little bit. <laughs> I have, uh, I have refused to, uh, dig too deep into the trailer. I watched it four times, and then I closed the tab. Well, I mean, I watched it on my TV. Just four times. I watched that 4K Just trailer. Just four times. Yeah, four times, then I was like, I can't, I'm not gonna watch it anymore. I don't wanna obsess over <laughs> it. I did put it in Adobe Premiere, and, uh, watch it there frame by frame uh just once um, <laughs> just once but i couldn't uh i couldn't uh i wouldn't bring myself to uh to go too bonkers on it it looks real good so the question here is uh 
what would make it a game that let's not even just say brandon and frank they both played final fantasy 15 yeah so they're on board what would make 16 the best game in the series oh, so, i mean it's, for us we need hangout stuff but i think the other the thing is with this trailer that's out right now it's all like i can't get anything from it because it's all the like yelling the story kind of the story trailer. stuff yeah and um and when you yell a story at me, I'm like, I, you know, I'm just gonna wait until I can look at it. Little bites of story don't do anything for me. Right. If you go back and look at those Final Fantasy 15 trailers, they too were uh, indeed right up until that big gameplay reveal they did. Uh, that revealed you have a car and you uh you can cook food at campfires. Uh, it it was just kind of a lot of screaming as yeah. well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. And um, I I kind of feel like they they did show off some of the wrong stuff in sixteen trailer. Don't get me wrong, it's a phenomenal trailer. I think that they probably they Good probably music. would have been better off if they showed off a little bit more combat and exploration because I think those are the kind of the points that people are a lot more curious about than yes. the story stuff. What do I do? Yeah, people want to know if it's open world, don't they? Right. What I've been able to discern from it, and I know that there's a lot of people. Uh, coming out swinging in bad faith, usually a lot, yeah. saying that it, it saying that it looks like they're trying to make The Witcher three. Now I know for a fact that every single JRPG designer working in Japan loves The Witcher three, and they talk about it constantly at all of their meetings. And I mean, you could even see it a little bit in Final Fantasy fifteen, weirdly enough. Oh yeah, for sure. And you can see a lot of it in Final Fantasy seven remake. It looks like Yoshi P knows what's good about The Witcher three, but also knows what's good about Final Fantasy fourteen. And where do you stand? He obviously knows what's good about Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> where do you stand, Night Sky Prince, on the uh, is it a single character? Because it looks like it's a one character yeah, game. It looks, it looks right? like it's a it's single character, no party members, which on the Final Fantasy side of things, a lot of people have been freaking out, right? Because Final Fantasy, That's huge. Final Fantasy tradition is always, you know, at least four playable characters. I think like the... Always, yeah. Right. And so um, this is like the first time that we've ever, in at least a, in a mainline game, some of the spinoffs we've had like one character like Crisis Core or Lightning Returns. This is the first time in a mainline game where we've only had one playable character. And personally... I'm actually really okay with it. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, I thought I wouldn't be at first, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm okay with it, right? So in Final Fantasy 14, you have like the scions of like the seventh dawn, right? Who serve as like your story party members. They actually do become playable party members, like Shadowbringers onward. Yeah. Um, and you can actually go into dungeons and trials and stuff with them. But before that, um, they were literally just story-based party members or comrades, and it worked just fine there. And then another thing is, is that this is an action game, right? And um, oh, yeah. in action RPGs, you, you have like two choices as a game designer, right? You either make AI party members too smart, and all the challenges removed from the game. You get that Call of Duty effect where your guys are killing everybody before you can even get in there. Right. Or the other alternative is, is that you make them really dumb. And you make them so dumb that you have to carry all the weight. But then they feel pointless. Man, I love Final Fantasy VII Remake so mm. much. But those party members don't do nothing. Right, exactly. They are they are so stupid. And it's like, the more you think about the game, it's like they don't even do like real-time strategy unit level of artificial intelligence. Right. They are just, they're just dumb as heck. And by the way, that game probably does it the best. Yeah, weird, huh? <laughs> that That's the best situation. So, Brandon, did you know that the combat designer of Devil May Cry 5 is the combat designer of Final Fantasy 16? I heard about that, and that's definitely something that um, puts it, that's a check in the negative for me. Oh, really? Wait, you didn't like Devil May Cry 5? I haven't liked any Devil May Cries. 
Oh, well, you should try Devil May Cry 5, uh, which is a different one, if you get a chance to. It is a different one. I mean, I, I, I looked at it, and I thought, I don't think I'm going to like this, and I didn't try it, but I could try it. There's a guy uh, who I described in my video as uh, he looks like somebody poured half of Adam Driver out on a supermarket floor, uh, <laughs> is one of the main characters. I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, we're out of time on this one. Oh, also, we, we, of- we, we did not answer the question of why would Frank or I yeah. like it, so... Uh, because you played Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> yeah, we answered that one real quick. That you're already onboarded to the Final. Yeah, Fantasy you got to see Hangouts. You got to see a scene that lets you. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. You, uh, go, take a take a bro out to dinner. Yeah, there's gonna right? be some some bros hanging out, and they gotta tell me to ta- bring a jacket or that I should take my jacket off because it's too hot. One of those <laughs> things has to happen. You should have like an old army buddy that you can meet at like a tavern, and you can eat like a big, delicious-looking lentil soup. With like a delicious Somebody tells looking, you how good cup noodle is. Yeah, delicious looking like sort of rye bread. I need And you're drinking like a, a big earthenware yeah. cup full of uh, like hibiscus tea. And it's giving you like level up bonuses. Is that what you need? Because it is a more of a dark medieval fantasy story. Yeah, we'll see. So it, we'll it has see. to be. Lentil soup. What are some RPG mechanics from a bygone age which you'd like to see make a comeback? Oh, man. Well, I would like to see single character uh, party from Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest 1 come back. Did you know Final Fantasy's whole thing was we're going to make Dragon Quest, but it's going to be four characters? They weren't even thinking of Ultima. They were just thinking, let's make Dragon Quest with four characters. And uh, I thought that then Dragon Quest went on to having three characters and then four characters. I I would love to see some more RPGs that have one character. Um, I mean, The Witcher 3 kind of counts, but uh, Final Fantasy 16 is one character. I guess you mean non-action RPGs. It's very rare for a JRPG, right? Like, JRPGs no- don't normally do that. They're about, like, the big yeah, I know. The group. I mean, the Shin Megami Tensei games are, are ostensibly single play single character That's they true. have one they've got the demons though you got the demons yeah but they're not really characters they're like a they're sort of a party but they're more they're almost like your your spells in a way yeah it's nebulous it's nebulous yeah though yeah i mean i guess uh elden ring demon souls dark souls those are kind of single party member jrpgs those are action rpgs so yeah but i would i would uh you know, having played as much, uh, I haven't beaten Elden Ring yet. Nightscape Prince, did you beat Elden no, Ring? No, I'm like 70 hours into it, and I had to like take a break. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's it's a bit exhausting. I think uh, after I played a whole bunch and then restarted with a different character and got right up to where I had been during the first playthrough in uh, a fraction of the time, I feel like I've decided it's more of an RPG than an action RPG because the the knowing stuff takes you farther than being good at it you know i agree just throwing that out there i, I remember when final fantasy 7 made its debut on uh, the pages of uh, like diehard game fan magazine for us here in the west and i remember seeing people on the internet message boards on aol and whatnot they were on fire with hatred at the fact that it looked like it only had three party members <laughs> they were just so mad wow six had had four five had had four nobody was mad that four had had five uh, and then it had gone down to four after that. I thought five was a good number. How did they How did they react to like it going from like castles to like skyscrapers? That's what I want to know. Oh yeah, they were uh, weirdly positive about that. Interesting. They were weird. There were a couple. There were a couple people who were very, very, very upset that it was no longer a fantasy setting, and there were even some people upset that it wasn't fully three D, like Super Mario sixty four. There were some people upset about that. Wow. But um. By and large, the party size was the thing that I feel like 
I mean, you know, given uh, just the persnickety nature of the RPG fan in general throughout history, it was somehow the party size that they latched onto to get mad at. In my recollection, anyway. So that's funny. That is insanely weird. Like, three party, like, being, like, the trigger point for some people. But I guess that does make sense, though, because I guess they're thinking in terms of, like, the large party dynamic. And I guess when you have different jobs, the job dynamic makes sense. But, like, I guess they weren't thinking in the mind of how Seven would shake things up in terms of its materia system allowing that to be dished the materia system was everything right so that that kind of fixed the criticism of the party members bigger parties or smaller parties (laughs) let's do it if i were to have like a feature come back from like a bygone jrpg era like this kind of just came to me yeah um i think it's the world map man it's the world map for me i do miss the world Uh, map what was so great is is that recently i like kind of binge through like the final fantasy pixel remasters and i was really thinking hard on what was it that made these games so special back then. And it's that the world map itself was a progression system, right? And so it starts out, oh, yeah. and you're just in like this really small chunk of the world. And that's all that you can, you know, you have like two different places you can go. And as you play through the game, you get more and more things available to you. You get vehicles, you get an airship, you get a boat. And then there's all these traversal options available to you. And before you know it, it's like you've unlocked the whole world. And the world itself was almost... When you get the airship. Right. And, and like the world itself was like a puzzle, right? And like eventually all those puzzle pieces came together and it was like you had dominion over like this entire place and you can go anywhere and do anything and so it's even funny when people have the debate about like were older final fantasy games like linear or was that like the the like beginnings of like an open world and in truth it was actually kind of both right like it starts off super linear yeah. and by the end you do have like this massive world that you can go anywhere and do anything man i saw that uh, final fantasy 4 on like the steam forums for some reason i was looking at that a couple weeks ago on the pixel remaster and someone in the the the, the message board on there was like is this game open world or is it linear and i was like what I never, I've never uh, encountered that question re Final Fantasy IV, and it made me feel really weird because I was like, that wasn't something we thought about back then. I can see why you would think about that now, right? Right. But it was just very strange to be like uh, describing Final Fantasy IV as open world or linear. It was, it was a compelling question to say the least. Almost because you didn't have to, right? Because, because of what I mentioned about yeah. like funneling outward. Four does a hilariously good job of making you feel like you own the whole world and then giving you like another world yeah that you then have to progress through i thought that was real good ah okay okay this next one i'm gonna give us 12 minutes for Uh oh you've been assigned to rename creative business units one through four for square enix oh my god to better represent the types of games they develop i'm dropping a cheat sheet for which studios have developed which games in the chat to help you make your decision Creative business unit. Okay, yeah, because people don't like the name of the video game studio creative business unit uh, three. I do. I I think it's pretty good. I mean, we love R&D number one at Nintendo, right? We love that one. Mm, Yeah. Right? We love that one. Because it's number one. I like AM2. AM2. What does that stand for? Amusement Machines 2? Yes. Clinical names are actually pretty good. I think their logo is not super great. The typography for Creative Business Unit 3. So Creative Business Unit 3, they make god darned... uh, 14 and 16. Final Fantasy 14, yeah. 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 14 and 16. And Builders. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, they do, don't they? Dragon Quest Builders. Yeah. Oh, man. 14 is one of the best games ever made, and I barely played half of it or a third of it at this point. Where are you at, by Um, the way, in 14? 
Um, I'll, I'll tell you later. I don't want anybody. <laughs> if I were to mention where I'm at, I would suddenly get uh, uh, get people uh, yelling at me on uh, on my on my messages, asking if they can join my party or provide me with some uh, some delicious items to help. <laughs> but we're trying to get through the game uh, completely in the dark. So, in other words, not very far. It's quite difficult, uh, especially to find the time these days. Am I right? Yeah. For sure. But what a beautiful game. Creative Business Unit 3 is a pretty weak name. So wait, okay, Creative Business Unit 4 is the Mana series? That's right. Yeah, they pretty much like okay. just focus on that. That's like all they do. Creative Business Unit 1 is Yoshinori Kitase, Final Fantasy, Saga, and Kingdom Hearts. Right. Shoot. And Twewi. Yeah, and Twewi. Right, so that's like your legacy business unit. That's like the OGs. Yeah, Yoshinori Kita says he's the man. What can we say, right? So I don't want I don't want to give them just completely unique names each. I think there's something tying them together, and it might be one through four still. Yeah, or you know, uh, some kind of progression of importance, even right, like like platinum, gold, silver, bronze, or something, yeah. right? But um, I don't I don't want to just give them their own unique names. I think it has to show a a progression or hierarchy or something. But mm-hmm. I think the name should also express their identity. We're trying to... Uh, oh, sure, work. sure. Yeah. Creative Business Unit 2 developed Gunslinger Stratos, which is awesome. Oh, and Creative Business Unit 2, uh, I believe, uh, comprises the former Business Division 6. Uh, so that's uh, uh, to their to their credit. Maybe so one way a, you could tie them all together the people. is to like name them after like summons, right? Because Creative Business Unit Three is really big on Phoenix. Yeah. Like the, the Phoenix ah. is like their logo, even like if you look at it. Actually, it's like a chocobo and a phoenix combined. If you look at it, because the head's shaped like a chocobo, but like the rest of it is like supposed to be a phoenix. They call it Red Red Chocobo Studios. Yeah, Red Phoenix Chocobo. <laughs> oh my God, Fire Chocobo Studios. Yeah, now that's horrible. That actually sounds bad because uh, you know how are you going to sell Grandma on that? You can't sell Grandma <laughs> on Creative Business. We're talking about Grand. We're basically trying to sell them to Grandma. Is that what we're doing here? And like cr- Creative Business Unit Three is the only one with a logo too. The rest of them don't have logos. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Uh, because Creative Business Unit Three has uh, ever since they 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 basically remade, uh, re-sculpted, re-scoped uh, Final Fantasy XIV. They've just come to be known as these le- this team of legendary video game smiths, right? right. Like uh, they've just been working on one game for like ten years, right? Like yeah. uh, they've just been working on the one game, and. Uh, They've they've built this uh, this incredible like full library of contributions to video game history uh, in one project, and Final Fantasy sixteen is going to be basically their second thing. So it's that's kind of exciting. Well, a lot of the team does come from like FF twelve, so um, a lot of FF twelve staff is part of CBU three. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I just I keep thinking of names, and then it just keeps sounding too much like other video game studios. Like, I mean, you could just call them like square blank, but it just doesn't, uh, doesn't seem right. It seems weird to play a, a, a Dragon Quest game and not have the Enix logo at the beginning. Okay. I've got, I've got All one. Right, what do you got? Okay. In order of one through four. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, Huey, Dewey, Louie, the news. Oh, the news. <laughs> yeah. The Mana Studio would be the news. Yeah. They should just call Creative Business Unit for Mana Studios. That sounds bad, too. <laughs> I thought that one of these was going to be uh, run by Nomura, 
and then that one you could just call Zenmall because that's what, what all his oh, Zenmall, uh, a good uh, good Japanese fashion yeah. reference. No, he actually like floats between business units and does a bunch of stuff. But now he he's primarily created business unit one nowadays. But he used to like float between yeah. all of them. And you can't escape Nomura. Oh well, that's good. They got him confined a little <laughs> bit. Cause, yeah, uh, I mean, there's enough belts. They locked him in a one very large building. Yeah, they got to secure the perimeter. Yeah, he's got everything he needs in there. <laughs> he's he's all right in there. I don't know. I I, I like Tits. You know, where guy's hilarious. Come on, guy's hilarious. Just call Creative Business Unit One uh, the House of Nomura. Nomura's house. Call it that. Oh, how about we call it Nomura Heroes? Nomura Heroes. Yeah, there you go. Zippers Inc. Zippers Incorporated. Yeah. And by international business law, it is illegal to put an ink on something that's not actually incorporated. All right. That's not true. That's not true. Or is it? We'll find it out. Just soon. be ink with a K. Oh yeah, zippers ink. CVU two is Dragon Quest and Near and Bravely. Oh, and gun and their arcade games, Lord of Vermilion and Gunslinger Stratos. I think two is probably the one that I like the most. I think two should should be Square Enix because of the Dragon Quest. You know, I really just do think they should call Creative Business Unit two Enix. Yeah, because I, like I, I think they should just call it Enix. Because let me explain. Uh. The one, the nicest thing I can say about Nier, uh, famously uh, having not played Nier, played every caveat game except Nier. I'm ready to play Nier. I'm going to do it soon. Don't worry. Stop yelling at me, everyone, in the email. I will play Nier soon. The nicest thing I can say about Nier is uh, what I know about it, what I have played. That's an Enix game, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm the world's biggest Dragon Quest fan, or at least America's biggest Dragon Quest fan. Uh, you know, fight me for it if you think you're a bigger Dragon Quest fan. I'm, I'm the biggest Dragon Quest fan that I know, and I think that Nier feels like an Enix game. And also, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some bad Enix games, okay? I'm, I'm willing to admit it. There's some bad ones. Evo, The Search for Eden, not a very good game. Uh, Robotrek, not a very good game. I love them. And I feel like calling Creative Business Unit 2 Enix would lower people's expectations for games like Octopath Traveler. <laughs> so that's a wrong button. <laughs> Uh, it would lower people's expectations for Octopath Traveler, which certainly uh, would have been a much better game had my expectations been lowered by them calling it an Enix product. What were we settled on on three? Final Fantasy Studios. I, I think I think that's I think that's Phoenix Studios. So we've got Enix Studios and we've got Phoenix Studios. <laughs> All right, I'm liking it. Uh, I like this. Uh, yeah, I'm liking yeah. it. And then um, the last one, Squeenix Studios again. <laughs> Oh, Squeenix. Yeah. Uh, Squeen- no, wait, okay, for Nana, something mana related that would also rhyme with uh, Enix. No, it would be Phoenix, but it would spell- be spelled P H E N I X. Maninix. Maninix? Maninix? Manix? No, Maniac Studios. Oh, that sounds like they would make a sort of a Joker video game. Um, Why not? Oh, there's going to be one one day, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Joker Studios. I feel like there's so many video game no, studios. No, Joker that, video game. I mean. Oh, there will be. Yeah, there will be. Yeah. It'll be made by Joker Studios. I feel like there are so many video game names. Like when I'm trying to come up with names, it's like there are so many video game studio names that just sound like they're inspired by, if not Final Fantasy games like Final Fantasy, right? So it's like it, it would be hard for, obviously Square Enix would never want to do something so cute as to name one of their studios after something from final fantasy right i don't know they did have like this like i guess it was like a cloud technology thing once and it was called like shinra Shinra. like shinra technology yeah and it was and shinra technologies was being used literally by avalanche studios 
So that's uh, <laughs> that makes no sense if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan. Uh, if you're if you're unfamiliar, Avalanche is the uh, everybody listening is that's the the rebellion group that's trying to destroy Shinra. So that's why Shinra Technologies doesn't exist and why Square Enix doesn't own Avalanche anymore. Um, so what, what what's something famous from the Mana series? Is there anything famous like any individual element famous? Rabbite is that the name of the enemy type? Call Creative Business Unit for Rabbite Factory. There you go. I want to revisit uh, number one that uh, we have Phoenix and we have Enix. Mushboom Interactive. Creative Business Unit number one because we've got uh, Nomura there trying to manipulate our emotions by uh, tapping into our nostalgia for Disney and Final Fantasy. Uh, that should be Kleenex Studios. Oh, Kleenex. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know about tapping into mine. I don't have no Disney-related nostalgia whatsoever. Yeah. I just I tune in for the uh, the Lynchian madness of it all, man. Kingdom Hearts is is hilarious. I love it. I do not. I don't care about no Disney. Well, I think we've landed somewhere pretty good for all of these, but... Uh, <laughs> Huey, what? Dewey, Louie, and the news, yeah. Exactly. Frank, you're ahead so far on this podcast, but we'll see how it goes in the second half. We'll be right back no. after a quick break. I don't care what anybody says. That new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game looks pretty good. It's got a really cute little tiny little April sprite. Yeah, it's got April in there. It's got Splinter in there. It's got Casey Jones in there. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, the April sprite's great. All the sprite work is amazing. It's re- it just looks good. Good visual feel. Good vibe to it. I don't know. There, there, there are people that think that um, engaging with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle project means that you are like engaging in nostalgia baiting and all that kind of stuff but i don't care just don't care it looks cute it yeah it's beautiful work and i like stuff that i miss cute. that kind of cute sprites in video games i miss sprites we got sprites welcome back to insert credit uh it's time for us to go to the dirt bag this is the point where we take a question submitted by one of our subscribers to patreon.com slash insert credit where for just three dollars a month you can get access to the form, which allows you to submit these very questions. You can also get monthly bonus episodes and other exclusive fun little treats that we prepare for you scattered throughout the year. You'll just have to subscribe to find out what they are. This question comes from Mox Bagel, who asks, I know that guy. What's up? What's up, bud? How you doing? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Mox Bagel asks, if Chunsoft had continued to make all 11 main dragon quests, how would they be different? Oh, well, they would uh, probably not be too different um, because uh, it's all about Yuji Hody and uh, Yuji Hody, beautiful man. Uh, just definitely, I think we can all agree that he's a beautiful man um, who has never denied war crimes in public. Right. 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 <laughs> I, uh, not, not, not by my recollection, you know, so Yuji Hody, you win as far as that all goes. On the other hand, he also does not have a, a beautiful uh, uh, collection of vintage Italian motorcycles like Akira Toriyama does. So he's the second coolest Dragon Quest developer, IMO. Um, Yuji Hori was the man who who pushed them to create. Um, he he was he was the the captain of the ship, as it were. And they went into another direction and they made a mystery dungeon, uh, Fushigi no Dungeon, which is uh, structurally stylistically different from a Dragon Quest game, and it it became their one of their earlier hallmarks. However, that was also Yuji Hori's idea. And it starred a, a Torneco from Dragon Quest Four, and so Torneco from Dragon Quest Four is the uh, the 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 modern godfather of the 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 modern roguelike renaissance, uh, in a way. 
Wouldn't you say um, it might get a little, a little, it'd be a little more systemically complex if Chinsoft were still in charge no, of it? I don't know. I don't know, man. Because Yuji Hodi, I mean, the level five made Dragon Quest eight, and it wasn't a level five game. It was 3D. Yeah, I think Chunsoft uh, would still would be would be working in Unreal Five, and they'd be probably. I mean, the Chunsoft has their people. You know, they have they have beautiful people over there who make all all manner of different games. Maybe they would have never courted or cultivated that th- those people or cultivated that that sort of uh, talent pool were they saddled onto Dragon Quest, were they just the Dragon Quest developer forever. Maybe they would have never become uh, the famous makers of sound novels. I guess you know? it's more likely that Chunsoft would be different if they had kept making Dragon Quest rather than if Dragon Quest would be different, uh, yeah, continuing under yeah, Chunsoft. Yeah, that's, that's my theory. There is, uh, there, there is a, an oft- recycled regurgitated criticism of the dragon quest series that it does not evolve or change or grow or learn or or uh you know there's never any big advancements on it but i think uh i think uh now the opinion has has grown into fashion that it, we can say that dragon quest is old-fashioned but it was good it was always good it's uh they they they've done a lot with remarkably few tweaks to the formula just you know quality of life stuff you no longer have to open a menu before talking to somebody right like uh you no longer have to open a menu and choose door to open a door it was just a context sensitive button like aside from that nothing has really changed in dragon quest and that's beautiful and you go back to those old games and they're still perfect there's nothing wrong with any old dragon quest game i i i, I can't believe it every time i go back to an old one i'm just like oh these are still good so another what i'm saying is yuji hori had the plan all the way back then I'm pretty sure charismatic man that he is, you know, and also, you know, people get along with him. They like talking to him because he doesn't deny war crimes in public, right? <laughs> uh, right exactly loudly that. over and over again for periods of years until uh, eventually dying uh, with his music rights clutched in his in his craven, shrunken, you know, dried, weird bony hands. Miserly hands. That's Sugiyama in case nobody's uh, aware of his that. His weird, miserly bony hands. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, you know, in league with jazz rack and whatnot. Yuji Hori has just always been uh, what I assume, what everything I've ever heard about him from every person I've ever talked to who has worked with him or in, in his vicinity. He's just the most uh, the most beautiful dude to work with. So I feel like if he had just taken Chunsoft as his ship, if he had just become captain of Chunsoft, they would just be Yuji Hori's house. Hori's house. And they would have they wouldn't even have their name anymore. They would have they would have just been subsumed. I mean it's not very interesting, but one thing that would have happened is that the uh the Spike Chunsoft merger would probably not have occurred, or if it did, that would be it would create a really weird situation. But that's not an interesting answer. Enix Chunsoft and then it would have been, they would have become creative business unit too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they might not have gotten involved with uh Square. I guess that's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe the team at Chunsoft would have enabled uh, them to make uh, bigger and better Dragon Quest games. Uh, uh, they would have been able to work on them more dedicatedly, and they would have cranked out a couple more. Seven wouldn't, maybe, maybe seven wouldn't have been uh, uh, four years later than uh, three years later than Final Fantasy VII. You know, they were they were supposed to come out around the same time, and it ended up with uh, yeah. three years of development heck. Maybe having uh, a dedicated workforce. Uh, on those games, I don't think that would have helped. I don't know. There's a whole lot of urban legends and urban myths and whatnot surrounding all of that. <sighs> Difficult question, to be sure. 
I think we got around a bunch of the answers, though. Chunsoft is beautiful, aren't sure. they? In their own way. They make all those games about just chilling. Okay, that's not really... I wouldn't describe them as guys who make games about just chilling. <laughs> well, you only have five seconds to refute that. Chilling, killing, dying, hiding, sneaking, escaping. And Kamaitachi no Yoru. Right. And Furai no Shiren. Right? We know those guys, right? Is the practice of grinding a fundamental flaw in RPGs, or can it be additive to the game experience? <laughs> ooh, ooh. I know how you're going to answer this one. <laughs> I, I can, I, I'm going to tell you what about grinding. I like grinding because let's just hang out with your dudes, right? Um, but not everyone has the same standard of... Uh, not everyone enjoys hanging out with their dudes by grinding, right? But Brandon Sheffield loves hanging out with his dudes in Final Fantasy XV. I feel like there is a way to make the people love grinding that is not just you know destiny 2 try to get your rare drops redo your raids or whatever right i feel like there's a way to somewhere between a dragon quest grind and a final fantasy 15 cook a recipe at a campfire uh i feel like there's i feel like grinding is the key yeah i mean i think grinding can be it can be used in an interesting way this isn't about grinding but i've i've said this on the show before that um Quite often when I'm doing something like waiting on hold or talking to my mom or whatever kind of stuff on the phone, it's a good opportunity to grind. It makes you feel like you're doing an, another thing while while you're doing this other thing. And, and that's pretty good. But, but to what Tim was saying, I feel like a game like Loop Hero shows how grinding can be uh, fun or enjoyable or dopamine inducing because that game is pretty much almost all going around and doing battles and leveling up and that's all that's all you're doing but you are making specific choices in between the battles that make the next battle more interesting that's the key to making grinding more interesting is that you just have things happen faster like grinding in half minute hero 30 second hero that's how you advance and get more time and get to get to the end of the the game and stuff you have to be grinding but the grind is interesting and engaging because it's it's the vector of progress so i i think there's there's definitely ways to do it i feel like in you know in a in a game where you ha can't see the enemies and every couple steps you wind up in a battle that's that is a problem because there's no agency for you you don't you don't get to decide okay i'm gonna go do this mm -hmm. now and uh i i think the so the elements for me that are important are agency i can decide that i want to go and grind i'm interested in doing it and then uh variability so that you get new stuff while you're grinding uh or at least have important choices to make while you're grinding so that it doesn't just become a slog and then once once you got those things i think i think it's got a perfectly fine place in video games yeah um i really like grinding in final fantasy 14 right because first of all to like play through oh yeah to play through the story itself you don't have to grind right because your main job just just playing through the story will take you from level one to 90 right all the way through the cap but of course no one wants just one job they want you to play all the other jobs too and the game encourages that and obviously you as a player want to experience the other jobs as well. And one of the ways they get you to do that is, is that they have a whole host of side activities that you can do that also give experience points. So you can technically grind from playing PvP. So if you want to sit and play PvP matches all day, and the new revamp PvP they've done is really good and so addictive. So you can sit there and do PvP, and that's what I did to level my Dragoon to 90. 
Or you can also go and do something like Bansha, which was actually written by like Yasumi Matsuno, right? So you have like, you mm-hmm. have like this whole like little Ivalice thing that you can go do um, <laughs> and experience and you can get experience from that. Or you can do roulettes, which is like, you know, you, you do like a random dungeon or a random boss fight that you've already done and you do it again and then you get experience points from that. And so there is a number of different options there for you to grind and for you to to get your your jobs higher level that encourage you to go and interact with the parts of the game that you want to do anyway. So if I don't want to grind and I want to play PvP, it doesn't matter because I'm still getting experience points from going and playing that PvP that then goes back into me leveling that job that I want to level, right? I didn't I didn't have the intention of leveling Dragoon to level 90 whenever I stepped foot in the PvP. I just wanted to play PvP. But the consequence was is that I accumulated so much experience from playing it as Dragoon ah. that I hit level 90, right? So that's also a way in which you could make grinding really interesting. For me, grinding in Final Fantasy 14 is fun because I, I do it while uh, talking to my buddies in uh like like talking to just literally hanging out with real friends yeah right? that's pretty cool it gives you something to do while you're just hanging out yeah and you're doing something together and you're talking you know and it becomes automatic past a certain point and then you're uh you feel like you feel like you're getting something done even if you're not even if you're just sitting around on a saturday afternoon right you feel like you're getting stuff done in your life right you know i think tying the stuff to story helps a lot in in those kinds of scenarios and it like it doesn't always wind up like some of the stuff you were describing ryan doesn't exactly sound like grinding to me because um it's you know you're uh i i feel like a grind tends to be repetitive and pvp is of course varied because you're playing against real humans and stuff but different people it, yeah. it gives you that uh it gives you that kind of little dopamine hit or whatever and i think for for me one another thing that does that is the is if there's story behind it or if there's some kind of clear goal that is something other than just my level goes up and if my level is not yeah. high enough i can't beat this boss so i there's definitely something in there i think we're looking at right now in video games especially rpgs games like yakuza and whatnot grinding uh, gaining levels gaining experience unlocking techniques is always awarded as like a result for doing something that you wanted to do anyway whereas in ancient times grinding was there's a dungeon you have to go to you're stuck in this area like in final yeah. fantasy 4 when you do the the tower of zot for the first time it's like if you get on your airship it takes you straight to this tower you've got to do it so you're stuck grinding in this one little forest region and it's like if you want to level up to beat this boss you have to fight monsters right here outside this town and go into and stay at the inn if you get hurt right and it's like there's nothing else you can do but grind i mean you can obviously get through it without grinding if you're a, a real pro but you know if you feel compelled to grind so grinding is uh, colloquially you have to do it right now uh and and you've got to sit here mindlessly for hours i feel like games now don't really have that i feel like i don't feel like any game i can remember has had that in a very long time and that's uh, me being very optimistic. Yeah, and except nice. for those uh, throwback games that are like, remember this, but they aren't good. So here's our next <laughs> question. What are the qualities of a party member that always drive you to include them in your party? Shoot. Cool motorcycle. Hits real hard. Mm. So you're saying basically a party member who's not our main character, right? Right. So it's like the main character, the main guy. Um, uh, 
Yeah, my, my big bruiser's got to be in there. Someone big bruiser. Yeah, I'm thinking big guy who's a tank. Cool motorcycle. But then there's characters like uh, Cecil from Final Fantasy IV who just kind of like invented the... He's like he's like a prototype for the RPG tank because he covers his party members when they're hurt. And he's the main character. Someone who auto-heals when you, uh, when you run low on health, I would definitely put them in the party because then I don't have to worry about it. Uh, that's that's, yeah, so that's you need, one for you sure. You need a healer. Oh, yeah. Somebody who can heal. Cecil from Final Fantasy IV can heal, though. Well, he's not the best healer. He's an all-rounder. Let's put it that way. Mm. It's got to be something that like, I feel like the protagonist is like whatever their weakness is, which, yeah, usually usually yeah. is going to be like healing or tanking in some regard. Yeah, whatever they have like a blind spot in is usually where I want to put my party members at. When I'm playing uh, Shining Force games... Sometimes I think, why don't I just have all of my characters be like centaurs and pegasuses and and other uh, beasts that can go really far? And the answer is, there's really no reason not to just use those because they go the furthest and they're the best ones. So yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? If there's one that's just the best, I'll, de- I'll definitely put them in my party. Yeah, a centaur. So that's your, your cool motorcycle, basically, is what yeah, a centaur yeah. cool is. Yeah, cool motorcycle is a horse body in that case. Be your own cool motorcycle. I will. Yeah, use your own your own meat motorcycle. I, I once called a horse a. And the uh, the pinball game centaur is a guy who's half cool motorcycle. He is a motorcycle. Yeah, so half there motorcycle, you go. half a uh, half heavy metal uh, album cover, dude. Indeed. Um. Yeah. So I think. Basically, when we play Final Fantasy, when we were first getting into Final Fantasy fourteen, there was just three of us, and we didn't have any healer. So I feel like the healer is the um that should be the answer because no one in our group decided to be a healer. Uh, we all wanted to be a, a a tough a tough bad butt individual with a weapon, killing people. Nobody wanted to be a healer, and nobody wanted to have any magic at all. It's hard to find people that want to be healers. I find. Yeah, uh, healing in Final Fantasy fourteen. it turns out, is very fun. I want to be a healer in Final Fantasy fourteen. Maybe you should. I'll try that out. Get on the horse, Jerry. I might get as well on get the horse. on the Get on the centaur. Yeah, oh, get good in there. there. Yeah, it's pretty good. If you, you, you're going to need, if you have a really nice PC, it'll also uh, be quite helpful. I have good because, news. Uh, I do have a very nice PC. Yeah, you could run it at like uh, 1440p, something like maybe 175 hertz, I think. You could, 165, I think, you could probably do. Um, you'd have a pretty good time at it um good game for fun um yeah so i feel like the healer was the one that so let, let's put it this way we can just say magic user is probably like a black magic user is probably not the one that uh the one that we're all thinking of right so maybe that's the real answer is someone with uh, all sorts of tricky black magic because none of us went there and then that's exactly what the the game designer listening to our answers to this question would devise all sorts of monsters which require magic use yeah i mean if you want to get a something that i don't usually that i've never felt compelled to use and find a reason to make it cool the uh thief or whatever like thief or stealing class where you just get the items that that you've been hoarding the whole time the the rogue the thief yeah yeah like that i never i'm never interested in it and but i believe that it could be interesting they just got it somebody's got to do something they got to do something real cool to make me interested item master i mean how often is it like a thief like really useful 
in like an RPG. Almost never. I mean, if you're if you're playing a game where only a thief can open certain chests and doors, you need a thief in your party. Right. I, don't, I don't like that kind of stuff. That's that's just like a we need a reason for the thief to be useful, and so we did this thing that only <laughs> they can do. Like that's not right. What's cool, yeah. and particularly in JRPGs, right? Yes, especially. H Bomber guy has a good video about Deus Ex Human Revolution <laughs> where he shows the, the the wall burst. There's like an ability to break a wall down and get like an item that they put, they bury in the skill tree and there's like four places you can use it in the whole game. That's like very clearly uh just added right at the end uh because they're like we need something to do with this ability that doesn't interfere with anything in the game. That's how thieves feel in RPGs in my yeah. opinion. I noticed nobody said anything about cute girl or love interest in terms of party building. Well, no, because if if, uh. if if allowed a choice, I always make my main character a girl. Same. There you go. Also, you know, there, there's not a there's not a JRPG out there that's going to lock you off from romancing the cute girl because you didn't check them uh, pick them for your party. That's like that's true. It's what they want to do, and so like it's it's going to be in there somehow or other. I'm actually really upset that there's not more JRPGs that are just a a team of four dudes who are basically the Ninja Turtles, you know, and they Mm -hmm. have a car and they they hang out and cook recipes together. Yeah. I'm just upset there's not any of those. You know, I can relate to that. So the real answer to the question is Gladiolus, Ignis, and Prompto. Those are the three characters I always want in my party. That's who you want. Right? Mm -hmm. I want Gladio. Those are the three I want. Cup noodle boys. For this last question, I would like us to establish a canon of worthy 2D successors to Final Fantasy 4 through 6. Worthy 2D successors? What do you mean? After Final Fantasy 6, the Final Fantasy series went 3D. It changed Mm -hmm. a lot. But there have been role-playing games since then which have remained in that milieu. What are the successors to the Final Fantasy 4 through 6 line? Well, shoot, there's those Trails in the Sky games that people don't stop talking about. But they're 3D now. Um, Lost Odyssey? And they're sort of... Lost Odyssey, for sure. Yeah, but that that's not 2D. That's oh, it's also but the it successor does. has to be 2D it itself, is... too. It can't be a success. Yes, it has to be 2D. Because, oh. I mean, who doesn't make no, no 2D no more? Uh, yeah, there's not enough 2D games for me to pick from nowadays, I don't feel like. Trails in the Sky lets you rotate the camera, but that's 2D. I mean, it's look at yeah. it. I mean, come on. That's a 2D game. And, uh, well, I mean, I guess the newer trails are 3D, 3D, right? Yeah. Yeah. But those trails and the trails of cold steel. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah, cold steel. They got to, they got to work on those names. I mentioned bit. it earlier, but, uh, but half minute hero, there's one, that's one that mm. can, that can slot in there somewhere. It's, it's got two dimensions. I feel like, but it, it's true that the, the JRPG genre in general has moved on from you the mean second genre. In general, has moved on from the second d- dimension, and uh, I don't know. Like, we're gonna have to get into a bunch of indie game nonsense that we're probably not gonna know the names of. Right. I was gonna say there, there's, there's, uh, I mean, there's, there's probably six Final Fantasy like 2D games on the limited run store right now. Yeah. Well, can we just say that uh, Final Fantasy VI came out in 1994? Final Fantasy VII came out in 1997. Um, uh, Lufia II. Uh, Chrono Trigger. There were Super Nintendo RPGs after mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VI. I'll count that, them. Yeah, I'd say Chrono Trigger and Lufia II: Rise of the Sinistrals. Um, those are two absolute rock solid, stone cold canon RPGs, and they're 2D. 
I want to say Wild Arms 1 is also a canon RPG. Suicoden and Suicoden 2 are can are easily canon RPGs. Yeah. And they are uh they are post Final Fantasy 6 as heck. I would I would posit um uh Legend of Xanadu 2 on the PC engine is a is mm-hmm. a good one for this as well. Mhm. Wait, when did uh, Anearth Stories come out? That was uh It was 94 I think let me let me check. I want to know if it was. I'm I'm trying to get the release. Yeah, I know it was '94, but it's. Uh, I want to know the exact day. I wonder if it was after Final Fantasy IV or not. Is the problem? Yeah. Because um, uh, man, that was wait. Okay, the Saturn version was '97. I know that. Same. Mm-hmm. '95. It was '95. Okay, so never mind. Okay. That That's definitely post. Uh, I thought it was '94. Why did I think it was '94? What's wrong with me? Um, it's the end of '95, no less. Almost '96. Yeah. That, uh, excellent. Then it sounds good. I would actually say Tokimeki Memorial is a canon RPG post Final Fantasy IV and pre Final hmm. Fantasy, uh, uh, or post Final Fantasy VI, pre Final Fantasy VII. Just to, I keep trying to say, I, I keep trying to get this message out there that uh, uh, games like Tokimeki Memorial were not visual novels. Uh, that this was before visual novel was a thing. Uh, it's definitely more more of an RPG than. I always a, think that Tokimeki Memorial came out in '93, but it sure didn't. Just feels no, it was it was '94. Um, and then less than a year later, it was remade for the PlayStation. Nine months later. Isn't that weird? Full remake for the PlayStation. Like a baby. Yeah. It was, uh, it gestated. I would consider that, a, uh, just for the sake of being a weirdo, I would, I would want to call that a canon RPG. I would say Albert Odyssey is not one. Um, the end. What about Tales of Fantasia? Man, the, the first sure. couple of Tales games, Tales of Destiny, Tales of Destiny 2. Yeah. Tales of Destiny. Those are 2D RPGs, and they're and they're beautiful. Tales of Destiny. They're beautiful, man. They're beautiful. You want to know what is not a successor to uh, Final Fantasy VI, though? Yes. Is uh, Octopath that? Traveler, yeah, which indeed. despite uh, having pixel art and being a two-dimensional game with the three-dimensional camera angle, we won't hold that against it. Um, despite the uh, its its creators uh, speaking uh, quite at great length about how inspired they were by Final Fantasy VI. Uh, it absolutely misses everything that's good about Final Fantasy VI. Is no Final Fantasy Tactics a successor? No, it's also not two D. Yeah, it's isometric. Mm. Well, it's it's also got three D maps, full three mm. D maps. Yeah, it's rotatable. It's it's rotationable, Joey. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to differentiate the difference or to to like actually draw a line in the sand between like what is two D and three D. Because they made it, they made it hard for us back in the old like yeah. PlayStation One, PlayStation Two era. They there were games that were decidedly more three D than others. Wild Arms Two has just a beautiful aesthetic in its uh, world maps. Uh, Xenogears, right? Those are two, and uh, Dragon Warrior Seven, Dragon yeah. Warrior Seven. I tipped my hand there. Dragon Quest Seven has also, you know, they're they're just these beautiful. You know, games. Uh, maybe in their day, we would have uh, considered them somewhat old-looking, but uh, they were just these beautiful-looking uh, 2D sprites in a 3D low-polygon pixel art textured worlds. Where it's like, you know, show them to nine out of ten kids, you know, Fortnite players today, right? What are they going to say? Are they going to call that a 3D game, right? Yeah, I mean, if if I'm not uh, if I'm not putting Grandia in here as as the number one contender, I think we can't have polygons. Yeah, I mean, I I think Grandia should be in there. It should, but if it, if it's two D only, then it can't be. Well, I'm saying just Grandia one, uh, not Grandia two, because the main characters it's, it's uh, the 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 character in Grandia is a sprite. 
Yeah, but the backgrounds are 3D, so. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I think as long as the main character is a sprite, I'll allow it. Oh, then then we got all kinds of nonsense. Um, yeah. But yeah, Grandia is number one. We're very, uh, you know, the squeezed for choice uh, if we don't allow. That's what I'm saying. But then Dark Savior also has sprite characters, and that's for sure 3D. So yeah, that's, a, that's a gorgeous it's a, it's a wiggly zone. It is a wiggly zone, but it's a zone we're going to have to get out of because we're out of time. It's time for a lightning round. A Lundrum one, but not a Lundrum two. Oh, These yeah. were all the chips are on the table, uh, where I craft a game for you to play against each other, and whoever wins usually wins the episode. This week, we're playing RPGography. I'm going to name a city from a video game, Uh-oh. and you have to buzz in and tell me which game it's from. Whoever gets the most okay. right gets the point. I will fail. Oh, man, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> Here we go. Tell me, Jerry. Your first city is Evermore. Oh, from the, the Secret, Secret of Evermore. Of. No. <laughs> what the? Yeah, I don't know. Is there a sequel, like Return to Evermore? No, Evermore is a city from Nino Kuni. Oh. Nino Kuni well, there you sucks. Go. <laughs> I said it. Harrogath. What? <laughs> Harrogath. Who? Har- Harrogath? <laughs> yes, the city of Harrogath. It sounds like some Elder Scrolls nonsense to me. I'm going to say an, an Elder Scrolls. Harrogath? Harrogath. The hair of the gaff that bit me. I don't know. Wait, wait. Isn't Harrogath from, uh, uh, I mean, it's got that, that guy whose name I'm always trying to remember. Deckard Kane. Diablo 2? Diablo 2 is correct. Yeah, wow. yeah. Was, I, I, there's this character, the, God, the guy who identifies your scrolls or whatever, and his name is Deckard Kane. And for some reason, you know, I'm very good at memory stuff. Generally, uh, generally me memory pretty good, but this guy's name Deckard Kane always like slides out of my brain. So when I heard Harrogath, I'm like, is that from the game with the guy whose name I can't always remember? And then I remembered <laughs> the guy's name. Anyway, sorry. All uh, right, that's a point for you. Tim. Uh, your next city is Thunder Bluff. Thunder Bluff. Is that Wild Arms? Is that from Goof Troop? Nice. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Thunder Bluff. That's a pretty good name. Yeah. Well, Wild Arms is my guess. I think it's wrong though. It's probably from something stupid. Well, it's something I haven't played, I would guess. Something I haven't played. Frank, you have a guess? I mean, it sounds it sounds like it's not a JRPG. Can I just say that? Absolutely do not. Have All right. Is that worth a 0.25 points? Not a JRPG. NSP, you got a guess? No, I have no idea. All right. The game is World of Warcraft. Not a JRPG. Yeah. Not a JRPG. <laughs> yeah. go. Is it worth a quarter or not? It is not. It's worth a quarter. I think it should be worth a quarter. Your next city is Vivek, the City of Swords. Oh... Uh, yeah. Do, does nobody know this? <laughs> nobody nope. knows this one. All right, out of time. Vivek, it's, the City of Swords, is from yeah. It's from Morrowind. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know everything about Morrowind. So I'm sorry. I, All I, right. I Tim got a second I was, point. I was gonna let somebody else get there. So <laughs> your next city is Sigil, the City of Doors. Oh, that's, that's a, familiar. Yeah, is it? But I don't. I don't remember where it is, and so I'm gonna say um, that it's uh, Resonance of Fate. Resonance of Fate. That's a really good answer, uh, but it's not right. Owned. Right, Jaffe? Right. It's not Resonance of Fate. Oh, Any other guesses? None for me. It's, uh, I mean, I know the answer. It's from Planescape Torment. I That's correct. Torment. Another point from Tim. Yeah. Don't, next... don't give me too many don't give me too many softballs here. Can't You're believe next... I never played WoW, but I played these games. This Planescape Torment rules, everybody. Check it out. Your next city is Divinity's Reach. Oh, I, I know that one as well. I mean, just uh, go for you, it. Maybe, maybe you can guess. That's from Guild Wars 2. That's correct. Yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to pretend not to know the next one. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Why? Then Your next city is 
the sky city of Bujerba. What? <laughs> a Bujerba. Good old Bujerba. Um, I don't know. It sound, sounds like um, was was there a uh, Star Wars RPG? Because <laughs> that sounds like sounds like some George Lucas nonsense. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is from a Star Wars RPG. By the loosest definition, <laughs> it's from a Star Wars RPG. Yeah, it's it's from an it. RPG often often cri- often criticized as uh, being <laughs> wait, too Star Wars. Wait, wait, is that is that FF twelve? It is it FF twelve. Oh, okay. Yes. Finally, <laughs> point for NSP. Let let the record show that I said it is uh, before Jaffe said it is. Uh, just I, I, that's got to be worth a quarter. I knew what it, it was. It is yeah. not worth I'm a quarter sorry. point. Uh, no, your next it city, is. It's a. Uh, it's it's worth half a point. Your next city is Orzammar. Orzammar. Okay. Good. I mean, either Tim knows it or we just wait for it. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one. That's. Yeah, from, I think that's uh, what it is. It's from the first Dragon Age game. It is from the first Dragon Age game. Dragon Age Origins. It's the it's the dwarf city. Like, here's the thing. I played that game. I played some of these games. I don't remember any town names from anything. Like, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm an who idiot cares? who is an, an aspiring fantasy novel author. Uh, I, I, I just, I like remembering stupid names of stuff. I named my dog Bibbethy Babis, right? Like, I, I have this, uh, this, this idiot brain for stupid fantasy names. I don't even All remember right. the names of the towns in Final Fantasy, which I just, Final Fantasy 15, which I just played more of last month i mean brandon i don't i don't even know the names of my own kids okay blast because i've never met them i was gonna say there's only like two towns in ff15 so that's right there's not too much yeah there's 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 gas station and there's food truck place right yeah that's it gas station and food truck place right Mm -hmm. right is that them that's that's exactly oh there's also a fishing zone your next city is palimpolum Final Fantasy 4. Oh. Wait, no, 13. It's Final 13. Fantasy. It's a reference to FF4, but the actual town is It is, is a reference to FF4, but it is yeah, 13. 13. I'm going to give you one and a half points for that. Okay. <laughs> uh, your last city is Scala Ad Calum. Kingdom Hearts 3. That is correct. Another point for NSP, but I'm tallying up the points here, and it seems Tim Rogers is our winner. Congratulations, Tim. <laughs> you oh, will be uh, picking the first topic for next week. I know all of those except the WoW one. What the heck? <laughs> I never played WoW. I never did it. I never wanted to. I, I treated it like crystal meth. Not even once. Yeah, I played WoW for two weeks, and then I realized what would happen to me if I played any longer, and I stopped right there. <laughs> you realized WoW what would happen to you? Is that exactly. Yeah, that is exactly what I meant. This uh, is the yeah. point of the show where people recommend things for our audience to do in between episodes, whether it's uh, to check out personal projects or just to do or see or play something you've been thinking about. Do, see, play, go, right? I will start because uh, by the time this episode is out, our new video game, which is in fact a tactics RPG, will have been announced as of a couple hours ago. And it is called Demon School. And you should go take a look at it. Watch the trailer, which listed on the Steam. Do something like that. Because uh, if this game doesn't do well, time for me to look for a different vocation, uh, is my opinion. So... Podcast, check, try podcasting out, dude. I'll think about it. <laughs> try try about making it. videos. Man, you know, you can download Adobe Premiere right now and just kind of get started poking around. I'm an idiot, um, and all it took was like 6,000 hours to get pretty good at it. <laughs> I mean, just, it, it's, you know, check it out, man. Get get a leg up. Get I mean, yeah. just, 
I just can't get a leg up That's on it. what I'm going to have to do if people don't wishlist the game on Steam. So uh, unless you want that to happen, please wishlist. I recall you saying you you uh, you studied film and uh, uh, I recall you. I've heard you say this like 12 times. You studied film, but then everything about making films uh, is annoying and boring and bothersome yes. to you. Yes, what, correct. Have you ever have you much experience with uh, digital video editing? Though Maybe you might. You might. I do have some uh, experience. I, with... I, too, have a. But I, still I, don't like I was it. into photography in college and, uh, you know, I just uh, got so caught up in the paraphernalia of it that I just assumed all things, all tasks related to the capturing and the manipulation of images uh, equally possessed to tendrils, paraphernalia. Uh, though when I got into digital video editing, it just kind of really felt like a thing. Editing definitely was the part that I liked the most, but I still... Um... Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's a grind of its own. It's it's a grind. It's all day over here. Yeah. I love sending error reports to Adobe, where it's like, uh, "What did you do to cause this error?" Uh, I don't know. I, I pressed Control S, thinking my project <laughs> yeah. would save. Instead, nice. this happened. You know, I have a good time with that. Um, yeah, that's pretty uh, fun. <laughs> you know, just just saying, uh, if uh, if you don't get the the requisite number of wishes, how many is it you need? A million. A couple, couple, few million, billion, yeah. You get a billion, as many, as many as Fortnite's got players. Well, you got one for me. It's as Thanks. free to wish list a game on Steam as it is to play Fortnite. So, True. what's anybody's excuse, right? Yeah, think about right? it. Right? What's anybody's god darn excuse? Uh-huh. Oh, I have a recommendation. I that would be nice. Buy a nice pair of shoes. Uh, I bought myself a pair of shoes for my birthday. I've decided to buy myself shoes for my birthday. I did it last year. Jaffe was there. Remember that? Yeah, I do. The Indiana Jones shoes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I mean, they're they're called Alden Four O Fives. I only point out that they're Indiana Jones's shoes when uh, someone says they look familiar. Yes, they're Indiana Jones's shoes. I will gladly uh, 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 chip in when they say that. Yeah, I bought those. I bought another pair of Alden shoes for my birthday this year. A little private birthday present. And I gotta say, uh, after having fed somewhere to the tune of $10,000 worth of Nikes and Adidas's and New Balances to uh, various worldwide landfills. I find it gloriously beautiful to buy a nice pair of shoes that will outlast me. And I've recommended this on this show before. And I am wearing my uh, Alden Hand Leisure Hand Sewn Snuff Suede Loafers right now as I say this. And uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to outlive me. They're gonna. Somebody's gonna have to peel them off my corpse. They're just a perfect, nice pair of shoes. As long as you don't catch that vampirism. And buy yourself a nice pair of shoes if you have the 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 opportunity to do so. Wear, you know, go buy a used pair of boots if you don't have the money. Just save up for a for a nice pair that'll last you a hundred years if you feel like it. It's just an option. The boots are pretty yeah, good. Good boots are are fantastic. Me and Brandon have never talked about boots before. We should have a a boot cast. We should life life with boots sounds like a good <laughs> bonus episode. You know, there's there's hundreds of dudes out there who just have boots YouTube channels. I believe all they do is post about new boots. I got these boots today. I think these things are designed to last decades, and you have like twenty pairs of them, dude. Like, Rude. what's going on? Come on, yeah, it's just you're you're hogging all the cow uh, hide for everybody else. Frank, what you got? I just started watching uh, Our Flag Means Death. Oh, good show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. Taika Waititi. I'm, I'm not going to try to describe why it's good. Just, just, you know, do what I did, uh, which is I saw someone cool on Twitter 
that was like happy that whatever the show is got a second it's got season. a second season and, yeah and i just went blind and, and put it on without reading a description or anything and uh, had a good time so i'm not going to say anything further just go have a good time yes. uh, frank have you yet gotten to the episode of the show where one character asks another do you do you fancy a fine fabric and then <laughs> the character replies i think i might have you gotten to that part think so i'm only two oh. episodes in Oh, okay. Well, there's a part where someone asks somebody, do you fancy a fine fabric? And he replies, I think I might. <laughs> um, and that's something that I think of every time I put on my my beautiful dead stock rayon Duke Kahanamoku shirt. You uh, do fancy a fine fabric. Shouting out, shouting out Duke Kahanamoku again. Uh, and in case anyone doesn't know, yes, uh, that is the shirt worn by Ernest Borgnine in the <laughs> film From Here to Eternity. <laughs> Just in case nobody's ever Thank heard you. that before. Uh, I do say, I do you do you fancy a fine fabric? So part of that show, our flag means death, has entered my like uh, by like twice weekly, bi weekly vernacular, or is that you know is it bi weekly? What does bi weekly mean? Does it mean twice a week or every two weeks? Oh, we'll find out soon. Thank you. Uh, I also recommend you Google that. Sound off in the comments. So- <laughs> yeah, English man. <laughs> English. NSP. Where can people check you out? Uh, you can check me out on youtube.com slash the night sky prince. You can check me out on twitch.tv slash the night sky prince and on Twitter at night sky prince underscore because at <laughs> night sky prince was taken and, uh, some D bag, uh, like it just, it's just like he's not even posting anything. You gotta find his house. You gotta find yeah, his I house, know. bro. So it was just, it was just had to be at Night Sky Prince underscore, unfortunately. And the Night Sky Prince was too many characters. So that was, that was. You can't have a the in your name or it doesn't look right. Yeah. Yeah, It's not good for the brand. Yeah. I have to just be a Night Sky Prince, like one of just millions. A a Night Sky Prince. Yeah. Yeah, Just one. There shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. they're, They're expendable. There are verified people on Twitter with the name Alex Jaffe who can't use the name Alex Jaffe on Twitter because I have Alex Jaffe. So yeah, but you use it, so that's okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. Based. I've got some recommendations. I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show on any platform where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you engage with us in that way to keep us happy and keep the algorithms happy as well. You could also go to patreon.com slash insert credit, as aforementioned, where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other surprise exclusive content. You could join our community at forums.insertcredit.com, or follow us on Twitter at insert credit, or search for insert credit on YouTube. This show is edited by Esper Quinn, with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm the Night Sky Prince. And you have now saved your game. Oh, and Frank, Frank, I would also like to, I would like to clarify for Frank that I, the, the fancy of fine fabric, I also said today when I picked up my new shoes and I touched the beautiful suede. You say it out loud or? In your... I said it in my head. I said, I said, do okay. I fancy a fine fabric as I was putting the shoes on for the first time? So <laughs> that's, that's how deeply that line has, a uh, has ingratiated itself to my, good one. my, that's my good daily one. speech. Good yeah, you, so yeah. you're going to be Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood holding beer can pointing finger at tv.png uh, <laughs> yeah. When, yeah when when you hear that line that's gonna be you yeah there it is <laughs> he said it i'm gonna applaud <laughs> yeah there Amanda's it is gonna be really confused why i'm 
plotting. And now, yeah. and now it's, it's going to be stuck yeah. in your head every time you yeah. put on a piece of clothing that's good or whatever. 